Welcome back to the Prepared Mindset Podcast, everyone. And this week, Josh and I are sitting down for a discussion, given that, you know, we are about a week out from the Thanksgiving holiday. We talk a lot about, uh, you know, giving thanks, being thankful, reflection. And I think one of the big things that comes when you talk about all of those is perspective, right? How you view something or anything, really, what has shaped that view, that scope, right? And for a lot of us in the training space, if not all of us, right, it has changed over time. As we have learned more, as we have grown, as our life situation has changed, our circumstances, whether that's, you know, being single and getting married or uh, having kids or, or whatever, it could be it could be anything, right? Uh, your perspective changes. There's a lot of things that we're introduced to in life in general, but you know, specifically in in our space, that has led us to feel the way that we do, to see things the way that we do, and that then leads to the choices that we make for a lot of different things. Uh, some for better, some for worse. Some aren't any better than others. It's just different, and uh, there's a lot to get into there. There's a lot of different things we're gonna you know, bring up and pull apart and dissect and speak on that I think is probably going to resonate with a lot of you guys. Uh, it really does seem like the biggest influence is social media, but even with social media, we've, we've seen a drastic change in perspective from the way people view training from what we value now, as opposed to what we valued, uh, you know, six years ago or five years ago, or hell, even a year ago being very different, you know, five, six years ago, we were, you know, oh, the Roland Special was the do-all end-all of guns. Uh, now we're talking about 2011s, and we're talking about uh, you know all kinds of different stuff. Flow-through cans versus the the Surefire RC2, which I think even then was still basically the king of the mountain. Uh, we're talking about new rounds and calibers and new optics and things that weren't even available or dreamt of in some instances then, and flashlight technology, all kinds of things, right? So perspective. I think is one of the most important analytical aspects that you can evaluate when you're looking, you know, backwards to measure growth, to measure development. You need to always keep in mind where you came from. This is my opinion to see where you're going. I think it's a really important piece of personal growth, uh, company growth, development. Uh, I think it's something that it, again, my opinion, in this country, we've we've lost sight of our past. We've lost sight of a lot of our history. Well, there's a lot of people in this country that are screaming for monuments and statues and things to be torn down because, you know, we just throw around the word racist and everything. And while I can certainly understand from some perspectives, right, how something can be construed or misconstrued even as being offensive or racist, yes. However, if you ignore your past, you're doomed to repeat it. And, you know, for that reason, again, that's why we're really, we're really going to get into this. We're going to talk about some of the lessons that we have learned, uh, some perspective shifts that we've had personally, uh, you know, in our, in our personal lives and our training lives and, and, you know, maybe some observations. So it should be a really good discussion. I'm uh, certainly looking forward to it. Usually Josh and I are, you know, try to get together to record these and, you know, this is going to be our first, uh, our first remote attempt at talking about this stuff. So it should be a really good one. But before I get on over to that, as always, I have to say thank you to those of you guys out there listening that make this possible. 
our Patreon patrons. You guys head on over to patreon.com. You can check out everything we have going on. Uh, I just uh, got away for the past weekend and was able to, on that trip, record some of the things that I travel with. Not just, you know, on an out-of-town overnight trip, but they're actually things that are with me, you know, on the daily. That was something that one of our Patreon patrons reached out for, asked about that information, and we delivered. So stuff like that, long-form videos, we have blogs, we have targets, we have drills, all kinds of stuff going on there. And every bit of what you guys are able to support us with uh, from Patreon comes back to growing the podcast here, making trips, hosting events, which there we may be adding one more to the list for 2024 now uh, after some new exciting developments, which I can't get into yet, but hopefully you're going to uh, maybe even be hosting an event. And that's all I'll say about that. So big, big thank you to all of our Patreon patrons. Your guys' support goes so much further than you even understand. Uh, without what you guys provide us, uh, just this podcast just it would not be what it is today. Uh, but aside from that, we also you know we have a storefront we just opened up. You guys can get that uh, through our our link tree. Go pick up a shirt. Go pick up a hat. A couple of bucks come back to us, but uh, nothing world changing there. And just cool to rock the merchandise and support the mindset. Uh, but we do also have to say thank you to some badass companies that make this possible. There are industry partners. They provide us with so much support um, and, and just have to say thank you to all of them. So first, huge shout out to Custom Night Vision. Guys, we are almost at Black Friday. CustomNightVision.com is your destination for night vision. I know this is when I picked up a tube from a different company last year. Never in my mind, in my wildest dreams, I really think that I would be sitting here today owning a pair of dual tubes, but I I do. I have a set of 1431 Mark IIs, which are an incredible housing that Custom Night Vision offers a ton of. You guys can head over to customnightvision.com. Like I said, you can use their insight chat function to speak with their experts. They're there to make sure you guys have the most transparent and enjoyable buying uh, experience, process, whatever have you, that they can offer. So again, like if you're looking at getting into your first single tube setup, Maybe it's an L bit, maybe it's an L3, maybe it's photonis, maybe it's even green phosphor. Does it even matter for what your application is going to be? That's what the team at Custom is there to help you with. And guys, they have all of this in stock. If you see it on the site, right? If you see a model, if you see a serial number, it is in stock, ready to be shipped to you. Not like some of these sites that have 30 day, 60 day, 120 day build times where you're going to drop, you know, $3,500 or something on a unit. And then you're going to have to wait three, four months before it's in your hand. And you're ready to play with it. Custom has everything in stock. And if you guys are looking to get into binos, they have RPNBGs, they have Katanas, they have DTNVSs, they got all kinds of great stuff ready to ship out to all of you. And like I said, Black Friday's coming up. These guys already have outstanding prices. And if you're just looking to add a few pieces, maybe a laser, helmet, mounts, what have you, they also stock Team Wendy, they stock OpsCore, Steiner, BE Myers, all kinds of great stuff. Head on over to their website. One more time, it's customnightvision.com. They have so much stuff out there, you guys. Go over to the website, check it out. They're a huge supporter of ours and get into your first set of night vision today. Also, thank you so much to the team over at HRT Tactical Gear. I've been running their LBAC carrier and their ARC belts. I actually just put up a post today about being able to take some of the pieces that they sent me, their mag pouches, for instance, which are wonderful. Honestly, I've used other brands, and there's a couple big names out there you guys can guess, but I love the HRT mag pouches. The retention out of the box is 
perfect. And I was able to horizontally mount their rifle pouch uh, with some one wrap and some zip ties to their arc belt and just experiment a little bit with some different options. They are also one of the only companies out there that actually offer angled adapters made specifically for their belts so you can run 45-degree pistol mags, which is something that's really starting to catch on. They have a ton of innovative options out there for plate carriers, for placards, for back panels, uh, for chest rigs, and now they're also stocking armor. They stock medical Lots and lots of good options. Head on over to hrttacticalgear.com and grab some stuff today. I also believe they'll probably have some pretty good Black Friday sales going, so keep that in mind as well. And last, but I mean, hell, definitely not least, is thank you. Thank you so much to the team over at 100 Concepts. Garrett, Jonah, and Pierce, you guys are outstanding. You do incredible work. If you guys aren't familiar with 100 Concepts, their company motto is do good, be dangerous, and live free. Super, super based company, and they make some outstanding products. You guys have probably seen their light caps. You've probably seen their scope caps floating out there on the, floating around out there, I should say, on the Instagram. They're outstanding. There's a reason why so many people advocate for them and so many people run those. They just two months ago dropped their pro cap line, so you have an anti-reflective cap and a scope cap built together into one outstanding unit and design. Their hex caps, they're rolling out new designs covering new optics. It seems like every couple of weeks they're dropping an update on those. They also have their aperture caps that are soon to come, hopefully before the Christmas holiday. That'll be a great gift for yourself or for that family member that runs Night Vision. Just outstanding company, you guys. Head on over to 100concepts.com and pick yourself up some new gear today. So, like I said, uh, it's going to be a pretty interesting discussion today with me and Josh. Uh, I, I, I genuinely enjoy our discussions. We both have some, uh, I, I will say, some pretty defined and definite beliefs on some on certain things, and that can lead sometimes to some disagreements, which is awesome because my personal belief is if you just go along to get along with everybody, you are stifling your own growth. And that can be whether you're talking about something in the here and now, uh, reflective in the past, or even proactively looking down the road to the future, you should have those kinds of dialogues. You should have those kinds of productive discussions. And it's one of the things that I value about having Josh here on the team is that he challenges me on a lot of different things. Uh, and, and it allows me the opportunity to work those things out for myself or, you know, allows him to work some stuff out. Maybe I've, I think I've changed his mind on a couple of things. I hope I have. Um, but it should be a pretty cool discussion. I think you guys are really going to dig it, especially some of you guys who you may have been hanging around the industry for a, a couple of years now. Uh, hang around the community. I, I say the industry because so much of this seems like it's just business centric for a lot of us. But uh, if you've been around for a while, if you remember when when Lucas at T Rex was just getting his start, when Grand Thumb was just getting his start, you know, and we had some of the very old school guys out there uh, creating some really really poor, I want to say poor level content because we didn't really know what high level and high production value looked like. But comparatively, it was just not what it is today. What we have out there and what we kind of uh, hold to be our like sacred standard of really, really cool gun tube content. Um, so if you've been around for the last five, six, seven, eight years, whatever have you, you know, this, this is going to be a good discussion for you. You'll probably understand a lot of what we're talking about here because, you know, I've been involved for seven or eight years now. Josh has been involved for about that long and we've been serious gun owners, uh, you know, interested in training for a handful of years each with Josh's military service on top of that. So it should be a really, really cool discussion. And I'm just going to 
shut up now and jump on over to that. So here we go. Ah! <laughs> 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 yeah, already off to a already off to a rip roaring. Hear her in your recording because that'd be that'd be a funny uh, <laughs> gag bit. Got uh, it. Not yeah, me, got it. Yeah, I don't want them to hear me. <laughs> so uh talking about perspective and i think through perspective right lessons that we've learned over it's been like a handful of years probably what five seven years something like that um and you you broke it down pretty well you were, we were just talking before we we kind of hit the button here right uh pre-covid kind of what we felt during covid and then everything has kind of happened in the last year or two like call that like the post covid era it's unfortunately um, how we divide up our memories now is <laughs> before covid and then after covid yeah i i mean but that's real i mean i i actually think about that relatively frequently you know like in school when you had like your textbooks and stuff uh and you, you'd read through the history, the history textbook, right? And they would talk about like the Great Depression and these different historic, like that'll be a historical, there'll 100%. be a, a large section of, of textbooks, you know? So that's kind of like people that lived through the Great Depression would talk about pre-depression, the depression, and then post-depression. You know, I mean, it's not exactly the same, but I mean, it's, yeah, it, it is, it's sad to think about, but at the same time, it's probably one of the the large probably the most defining series of events that we'll have in our lifetime i think that in itself is is so huge funny. you know i mean we had like 911 that was that was pretty big um yeah you know and and pre covid cuz i don't i don't think any of us really you know thought that the stuff that happened during covid was going to be a thing like we we i like i remember thinking that there's no way this can happen. Like we're never going to get shut down. Our health system here is too, you know, it's like, it's too advanced. Like our level of preparedness is pretty much, I had a very one dimensional perspective and a one dimensional view on what preparedness was. It was basically like save up all your ammo and store up a bunch of food. And then also have like some basic medicines, you know, like mm -hmm. that red dawn fantasy was kind of the only possibility. Yeah, for us living right next to Canada as a kid, my brother and I would joke and play that we were getting invaded by Canada, which is a hilarious thing that would never <laughs> realistically happen. I mean, but getting invaded through Canada, the... I think, is a realistic thing now. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, no, I mean, we didn't think that shit would happen. I mean, I remember, I mean, then right pre COVID, like, and I mentioned this a little bit in the intro, like the Roland special was like the do all end all of guns, you know, like back. It was it's, it's got to be seven or eight years ago now, right? When like Lucas from T Rex was just getting his start, and Grantham was getting traction, and yeah. uh, things were very different. Was when stuff was really popping on those channels. When stuff really started to change for me, yeah. <clears throat> right before joining the military. That's like that was right around the time when I bought my first AR. Uh, I was still, yeah. and this is and and this is one of the biggest perspective shifts that I've had in the last couple of years. That I mean, it probably like covers all three of these little like predefined eras that we just listed out here or whatever, but like just coming to terms with and accepting and, and even to an extent embracing the fact that this is, if we want to call this a hobby, uh, which is probably not the best term, right? This lifestyle is yeah. expensive. 
you know, it is not, it's not cheap. I remember when I bought my first rifle, I went and bought a MMP sport two off the shelf, uh, after the Orlando shooting, um, which I still have. It's not a bad rifle. I mean, a lot of people want to talk shit on it, but even Lucas had trouble showing that thing off on YouTube as a piece the of shit. thing works, man. It runs. It, it's a good rifle. Uh, are there better out there? Yes, there are there. I'm not going to get into like the just as good. You know what I mean? I'm not doing that, but there is definitely uh, something to be said for that rifle as a beginner. Right. Um, and I bought it cause I was like, they're going to ban them. So I need to get one, like put it on my credit card. I was just, I, I, I like, I was out of my parents' house for like maybe a year and a half at that point. I'm like, I need to get one. That was my first major. How much did you get it for back then? Like 500 bucks. Actually, might yeah, be like I, did, I got it. I won it in an auction for like four twenty, four thirty, and then after transfer and whatever is about five hundred. Yeah, I got uh, for going for double that during COVID. It's ridiculous. Well, what I initially had gone into the store for was a Ruger five five six, and they same dude. Why do we have the same story? I don't know, man. It's freaky though. That was the it? first AR I was ever um, introduced to. It was my buddy uh came to my house we had a couple acres where i originally grew up and that's what he had was a ruger 556 and i was a world war ii and history nerd i didn't was never really interested in all the gwat weapons that we were seeing in the news and everything like i knew mm-hmm. that they were they were cool but it just didn't interest me so when i first saw that i was like this is this is the thing and then i started and I, that rabbit hole started i almost bought a mini 14 thank god i didn't and then uh those are kind of kitschy yeah. cool like it's not the They're cool, but the, Todd, if you were going to yeah. have your first rifle and then now like, Oh yeah. <laughs> you're, you're limited to one type of magazine. Like and I remember when I like support. looking into optics, right. Starting to catch some of these videos where they're talking about an aim point T2 and an EOTech or yeah anything really. And like completely shitting my pants. I remember sitting there telling people, I was like, there ain't no way I'm spending more money on the optic than I did on the rifle. That's fucking dumb. Yep. Who's going to do that? Exactly. Who can afford to do exactly. that? Um, now, obviously, we come to we come full circle or, or come to modern day, and like I have no problem paying more than five hundred dollars for a quality optic that I'm going to use and run. Yep, hundred percent. I mean, I think there's the most so I'd... many more options now. The flashlights. I remember looking for weapon lights back Dude, in the day. Yeah. It was like a handheld light and this Magpul mount or a scope mount. There was no Ring like mount. light yeah. mounts. I was watching Nut and Fancy, seeing how he was putting his lights on his MOE handguards. You know, uh, um, yeah. it's just such a different time, and it blows my mind that we have guys that like local to me that don't want to get into it. I'm like, you guys don't understand how good of a time <laughs> we're living seen in. Right what now. I've seen, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, you talk about and like light performance. I mean, now we got like mod oh, yeah. light. It's not and, even uh, close. cloud defensive. The guys at Cloud are really pushing the envelope of of what weapon light performance is, uh, and it's accessible. You know what I mean? Like when some of this stuff in first ready to ship, it's when it's what in stock ready to ship is a thing we have right now that we might not oh, see yeah. next year. On a lot of things, on a lot of things, unfortunately, yeah. like it, it, it is. Uh, and they used to be, I mean, I remember you used to have to wait. There were guys like, oh, I'm waiting for this whatever version of Surefire Scout Light to come back in stock. I'm waiting for because there were really only a couple options, you know. Yeah. Uh, and now I mean, like, oh, I want this Surefire. Well, it's not in stock. Oh, well, here you can get a Streamlight HLX that's going to perform almost the same. Or you can take a step up and get, uh, you know, a cloud or you can build one. You can go to Arasaka and build 
using their components. HRT has their own uh, high output light head. Uh, you can mix and match and and build your own shit now. It's it's fucking crazy, and that's just mm-hmm. you know rifle lights. Uh, unfortunately, everybody still wants to keep running the same goddamn surefire pressure pads, but uh, I hear that may be changing soon. So we'll see. But, but yeah, I remember I know, Unity's kind of taken over. They're um, they're right up there at the standard now. Yeah, I mean they've yeah the variations of the Unity taps. with with the I mean they make the mod button too so. All the model oh, stuff is true. Unity. <clears throat> yeah. But. No, they are kind of cornering the market in that regard until somebody else comes out with something. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember I bought a uh, Bushnell TRS-25 for like what 60. What the hell is even that? It's uh, so <laughs> Is it like a T2 type yeah, thing? Like it's, a it's like a T2, but the the little dob, like knob thing on the side, instead of it being like perfectly vertical. On the angle, right? It's like on a 45. And... It was like okay. 65 bucks. I think I saw like one or two reviews where people kind of beat on it. And I was like, all right, that's quote good enough. Um, I had to buy oh, diff- I had to buy a riser because it didn't come with any kind of like lower one third mount or anything. And that was like, you know, that was, that was a big deal to me because I dropped $65. I mean, granted, I didn't make yep. nearly what I do now back then. And, yep. you know, I was like, okay, that's it. Like that's that's what it's gonna be for me. Um Yeah, I rocked I rocked irons up until coming home from basic training. And then I got a what is it, the Vortex Strike? What was the what's the one your dad has? It's like the oh. it's like an aimpoint pro. That's the, that was the first red dot I bought. I, well, I keep fire. Say strike fire. That's it. I was gonna say crossfire. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah I know because we we talk about the crossfire so much, but yeah, yeah. strikefire was the first dot I had right out of basic training because we used comp M twos and comp M fours. I think it was comp M fours at Fort Benning. They had the newer ones, um, and I liked that a lot, and had a quite a bit of time getting used to training on that. And then that's what I threw on my AR. Yeah, <clears> I didn't really start picking up my training and actually shooting on my own time until COVID. So it was a crazy, slow build up like- for me. When you look at like how, which is the worst time to get into training because ammo was so expensive and scarce. Also true, but it is kind of it's it's funny to look at like how complacent we were, you yeah. know, with like oh the, the, this optic is fine, I, dude. I I went probably the first eight months I owned that thing without a sling, and I was like <laughs> oh, I'll just eventually figure Thankfully, something. Thankfully, I did I did get the sling right away, and then the weapon light came within the first year of me having it. And by weapon light, I mean a handheld from Menards on a Magpul <laughs> light mount. But I mean, it was it a light on the end of my gun. It, it yeah, it worked inside the house. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, if it works, cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would recommend like if if you're really gonna go that mount or go that route with with a mount, a ring mount, and get a better handheld, handheld like streamlight polytech. Yeah, one of those like $50, $60 lights, it's going to give you at least 600 lumens. Like the Candela is probably not going to be awesome, but uh, but they're both pretty robust uh, brands in terms of their handheld stuff. So like better. Sure fire handhelds are great. Just make sure you get the single output one. I have I have the one that has a dim setting, so you don't want that on a Ooh, weapon light, but it's nice for a handheld. You know, you, you click it once and it's dim and you click it again. It's nice for an ad, admin light and like a EDC light, but on the weapon light, you want the single outputs. 
you get those for under a hundred bucks all day. I had thought I like really turned the fucking corner when I, when I had spent like a hundred dollars on a TLR (laughs) one, not even like the HL version, but like the 325 or 350, whatever it is, Lumen, like basic Streamlight TLR one. I was like, yeah, dude, I'm, this is big medicine here. Like I'm, I'm doing shit now. Big dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, It's, you know, it's, it's crazy, but I mean like coping, that's that's something that we even still see today and have to uh i guess what we have to help guide people in this activity this community through right is that like that that coping with the cost factor and there's there's that's it's it's there's a lot of shock right when people realize like yeah you just bought your glock for what 550 650 something like that and yep. it's optics ready and they're like, all right, let's get a dot. And you're like, cool. What do you want? Like, oh, that one looks good. Or, you know, I want an RMR, 500 bucks. And they like shit their pants. And it's, well, yeah, man, it's, there's a lot of technology and development and, you know, for better or worse, military contracts, right, that go into it. So then you, okay, well, you can get something pretty close to that. You can get this hollow sun that's got a lot of good reviews and good testing and stuff. And, and that's a great point right there too. Like, Dude, seven years ago, eight, like the RMR was pretty much it, right? You had some guys yeah, running the type one. Point. Yeah. And that was it. There was no, there was no budget There's brand. There's so like, much data now on just round count and dudes that run their gear hard. I mean, the fact that the RMR, original type two RMR, not original, but like we've got the new stuff coming out now and guys are still choosing to run the regular RMR says a lot between. A decade ago and now i mean you still see a lot of the attachments from the days that you and i were first starting to get into it um mm-hmm. are still still holding it up today and it's just cool being able to go back on a youtube review from that long ago and it still hold up or just see that guys that have been doing it for so long i don't know you just have so much information at your fingertips now for guys that are getting ready to dive into this um, yeah, to, to validate almost, the cost and and the choice and just a wider pool to draw from yeah. you know you don't, you don't have like the four or five videos that we did um yep. you know back I when i fell victim to the olight the positive olight reviews from like 13 <laughs> different channels that all did you really seemed reputable right before uh, I, I used to watch all the t-rex talks that they did during covid like yeah. the actual like youtube lives those were good. I like um, those. Lucas had just, yeah, those were those were great, especially the ones with Steve. I liked having Steve on there. Yeah, um, good, dude. But Lucas started openly talking shit about Olight <laughs> <laughs> in those uh, episodes, and that that sort of started the flame of people realizing, oh, all of these reviewers were paid to well, and, say, uh, you know, and that that like because uh, I went down like during the during code i went down like the rabbit hole of like edc stuff not even just like carrying a firearm but uh there's a channel on youtube called best damn edc um then the guy's name is taylor all the toys yeah like pocket junk and and the dude's incredibly good like his content is is good and he's like i don't even know how he keeps track of all this stuff in his brain like the weird like kitschy cool little flashlights or titanium flashlights or wrist watches or wallets and pocket organizers and, and, and pocket knives alone. It's, it's incredible. Um, but like he was he's like from a, a pocket carry perspective, a lot of people really like Olight because they have the little tiny baton. Yeah, no, they're very, they're real big in the, 
in the EDC crowd. Yeah. Thankfully, Streamlight's coming through with a lot more EDC stuff. I just don't like proprietary rechargeable batteries. That's uh, my thing. Yeah, that's uh, and that was like that was honestly that's a, been a big point of growth for me. Like, because I didn't, I, like, I specifically used to look and like avoid anything that had an eighteen six fifty in it. Like, I didn't want. Yeah, but those are at least standard now. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing is now they are standard and they're stable. You know, because. Uh, yeah. Like that eighteen six fifty or some kind of like proprietary version of the eighteen six fifty is what the old lights were running on, and people were having them like overheat and blow up in their pockets, or and in your mouth while you're working on your car. That's a bad time. Uh, yeah, yeah, that no. guy died. yeah I, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, and it's for that reason, honestly. Like, I run the cloud uh, MCH. Yeah, I, I, I loved the Trichro before I lost it because the thing was so damn tiny. <laughs> Well, and that's why they made it that way too. I mean, it was like it was supposed yeah, to be no, a- no by design, but um, yeah, I have yeah. no idea where it is. <laughs> did you lose it like field training for the guard, or did you just like lose it around the house? No, I never took it out uh, for military stuff. I went camping with it a few times last winter. Um, yeah, it's just somewhere in my house, probably buried in the trunk drawer or something. I mean, the nice part is it's only like thirty bucks. So you could always just order exactly. a new one if you really needed it. Uh, yep. But yeah, I mean. Uh, the coping with the cost is a huge piece of this whole thing, regardless of which facet you get into. If you're somebody who's just really into, and that was, and okay. So like, let's talk about that for a second is I did not realize, uh, how, when I got into this, right. How, uh, diverse our community is, or also that you have people who are so defined in what they're passionate about. Like you have guys that are out there and they, 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 are super passionate and only deal with concealed carry. And then you have guys that are like only into overt stuff, like outside the waistband battle belts and kit and carriers and stuff. And then you got guys who are on the EDC side of stuff and like it all kind of falls into this community that we're plugged into. Um, but people get like, and it's only gotten worse. I think COVID really kickstarted a lot of the, I mean, the internet's always been pretty toxic. Like the internet is the internet. <laughs> uh, I mean that's every that's every hobby too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I just I, for whatever reason I like me personally I thought it was going to be like gun guys or gun guys and that was going to be the extent yeah. of it when I started. Yeah. You know, um, definitely was not ready for my first encounter and first like real conversation where I was like talking to some buddies who also own guns and also like hunt and stuff and wound up like pretty much on my heels having to like defend. Yeah my opinion for why I think training is important or tactical shooting of any variety is right. an important skill set. Um, that, that opened my eyes. Like when that happened to me for the first time um, and was like a real coping experience, I'll say there's, there's a lot of coping. I think that we go through in this whole process, you know? Yeah. I think- it's generational too. Cause uh, all of the people I see at my local range that are my age and younger, are all into yeah. it like I am just about I haven't seen a single like FUD in his 30s and below you know what I mean there's no one there just just shooting their deer rifle everybody I've run into and talked to is super friendly is either in a plate carrier or has nice gear of some variety like the first one of the first people I talked to had a Geisley trigger and I noticed he had a laser so we started talking about that and then we started talking about night vision you know um, I think uh that's that's changed a lot in the last few years. Yeah, I a mean, lot. and the 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 open uh, acceptance 
or, or more open acceptance, I'll say of that mindset. And like, just that it is okay to hit the range in your kit and train. I know the guys from like barrel and hatchet talk about this a lot about like yep. hitting the range in your gear and not being ashamed of it. Like, no, I don't want to sound woke as shit and get into like body shaming and that all, you know, the, those weird things. But like if for a while there, it, like I know there's been stories full around there, like Lucas, right. And we'll go back to him from, you know, he's done so much in that, in that realm, in that regard with T-Rex, but like being, you know, getting a bunch of shit online and in person for showing up to a range and running a JPC and, you know, running uh, com- competitive style drills, in a plate carrier in full kit to try and start like, you know, obviously pushing limits of performance and gear and capability mm-hmm. and things. And obviously that, that led him to a high level, you know, of success in his business. Um, yeah. But it wasn't always an accepted thing. A lot of people were really, really against that shit for a long time. Yeah. I think it really uh, makes a difference in your local community too. Pl- not necessarily planting seeds, but I mean, it could be, but just the dab, just a little dip into the culture of people glancing at you and seeing a, a nice belt set up or a nice plate carrier. I was at the range last week with my amps on this helmet in just regular clothes. I looked like a total dork just because I had like this. You were just in regular out, clothes like, wearing a fucking helmet yeah. with amp arms and shit. Yeah, I didn't even have my belt or anything. Just my just my helmet with amps and I'm Walk like, like zero and stuff. Cool. One guy came up to me and asked for a tool. He was like, hey, what's up, operator? I'm like, yep. Oh, you know what boy. I mean though? Like the this range is uh it kind of started in that hunting uh recreation um target shooting uh in community. that vein, yeah. yeah and the more and more the guys that work there and run that range see guys training together guys seriously working from concealment guys pushing themselves outside of competition even though competition is obviously great um maybe it won't be so weird when at the next members meeting somebody brings up a low light shooting night or night vision and they won't just get absolutely laughed at maybe they will um um but you know what i mean i think you? i think will you be that guy will you really be the one that brings it up i might be You're i'll be, be there with me yeah i'll be with you i can hold your hand for some bring it up at the orientation this weekend just de- ask hey is there any opportunity night vision and see what the- i want to <laughs> i want you to know what he says i, I think i should like make it through orientation and not get completely rejected before i start bringing oh, yeah. up stuff once, once the air is cleared but that would be a good time to do it. Yeah, no, uh, and for sure. I mean, you like, should just that, wear your helmet and nods in orientation. That way, you don't even have do to you, ask. You think that's a good? You think they'll like that? Yeah, yeah. No, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll love that. Sounds you can't even see. <laughs> yeah, and eight thirty in the morning. Like, why do you have night vision on? <laughs> Ready to go. Uh, and that's you know, another shoot after hours. Yeah, about that. I'm looking to change that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean that right there, right? So we we're just talking play carriers, but like, dude. Night vision is way more it widely accepted now than yeah. it was a couple of years ago. And even like when did you get your tube? Uh January, February this year. Okay, so you've had yours like you not even had a year of ownership on yours. Nope. Not yet. And I got mine on Black Friday last year. So I'm not even I'm almost yeah. there. I'm like a week away or a week and a half. I've but like just barely and now like and it's crazy. Like the, the, that was something I never, I'll be honest with you. Like I never thought that I would be able to justify that cost. I would never be able to bring myself to spend. And I got a pretty good sale. Like I feel like mm-hmm. last year was probably the last year for a while. We'll, we'll see like sub three grand gen three units. 
yep. that aren't just total trash. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. I hopefully I not for twenty five. I think I I looked at I looked at the receipt the other day when I was digging through my shit for the data sheet on my fourteen because I'm getting ready to sell it, and uh, yeah, my purchase price was like twenty seven hundred bucks, twenty six hundred bucks, something like that. Yep. For a Gen three White Foss Elbit um, XLSH, and like I don't even I don't you know what I don't know that there was actually there was a moment when I kind of realized like getting out and training uh this is even before i hooked up with you guys uh went out to it was at steve's actually um training with uh him and tyler and i don't know something about the conversation like i just it like kind of stuck with me that hey you should really look into getting night vision like there's probably an amount of peer pressure there to some extent right (laughs) but a little bit of shaming yeah no i mean yeah yeah uh for better or for worse right some shaming needs and sometimes that's that's what's needed right um that comes with i think kind of dealing with just the the cool shit you want to do and to be prepared for what could happen it's just it's expensive yeah everybody's got their own financial situation and journey they're on but like you said in your story guys don't realize how attainable it actually is especially with a little bit of budgeting and how much you spend on all the other crap besides yeah. maybe ammo like it you can make it happen in a few months yeah i mean i when i bought my tube i paid off i had like i'd, I'd squirreled up like i'd kind of gotten this idea that i might be doing the night vision thing and i saved yeah. up like all the spare money i made from teaching marching band which yep. to be listening it was not a lot it was not even enough to cover that that unit fyi um so i had that saved up and i put it so and here's here's the thing like i've been pretty smart about some large purchases and guys like always want to talk um and this is one of those things that like i've been i've tried to help as many of our friends as i can with working in the finance industry is like guys are like don't even get a credit card don't put any large gear purchases on your credit card pay cash for everything um, which is smart, but I will say I did purchase my night vision on my credit card. I threw all the like spare money that I had set aside, um, like my fun money. Like I, I threw all of that at it. And then like, I think in less than three months, I had it completely paid down. That's what and my, I, that's what Jacob a, did with his. Yeah. And I got a bunch of rewards points for it because it was a, it was a large purchase. And then I was able to take those reward points and flip those into like, you can redeem them for like Amazon gift cards. And there's a bunch of shit you can buy on Amazon. That's actually a quality and then B like gear applicable, um, things like optics or optic mounts. You can actually get those things through Amazon. So if that's one of the things people freak out about is when you buy night vision, Oh, then I have to go turn around and buy a laser. Well, you know, and I know, yeah. civilian laser market sucks ball sack. Yep. So go buy a hollow sun laser. Right now you can get the LS321, which is like the laser illuminator combo. If that's what you want to do, go buy that one off Amazon for $775. Less a $100 gift card, or if you have more than that or whatever from redeeming your points. So that, that, set, that $800 whatever laser now becomes a $600 laser. Or five hundred fifty dollars laser. You know what I mean? There's smart yeah. ways to do it, and that's what I was just gonna say. Like, I'm, 
I'm a proponent, obviously, like you said, it's great to pay cash as much as you can, and I yeah. would recommend it. But there's still a smart way of doing the credit card route, and then there's the dumb way, which is sort of made popular a little bit of like just going to debt the world's gonna end anyways credit card debt doesn't matter after the world ends like yeah that's dumb and guys are obviously uh, not a way speaking to out and being against that which i agree with um but there's still a smart way to do it and what you're describing is definitely an option i would still um recommend putting some stuff away in savings and just working towards it or sell like you, if you've already been in this kid. for a while you got a lot of crap you can sell especially like guys cringe over the thought of selling their guns but like you can only shoot one of them one at a, one of them at a time and i'm not trying to arm the whole block like oh uh, yeah i'm not trying to arm all my buddies like, like oh you got the guns i'll just come to your place uh no you don't train with me sorry um yeah i don't trust you with the firearm short of like yeah I'll, like I'll I've invited you this many times to train with steps. me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I thankfully uh, had enough in savings that when the sale was presented, talked to my wife about it, it didn't even really hurt us once I finally just did it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, different that's, ways that's... to go about it and everybody's situation is different, but the important thing is that it's a, it's a really important piece of kit. If you want to train and get better with uh, your community and your guys, and, and that's uh, really the way you need to approach than guys think it's really the way you need to approach any what you i mean because a large purchase is a relative term especially in this yeah. uh yep. you know for some guys 400 dollars on plates is a large purchase which i mean and it is it should be for almost anybody you know 400 dollars is 400 dollars uh or yep. more depending on what plates you go with and stuff i uh, but look at it that way, you know, and here's one of the things that sucks the most is like society in general right now is we are so it wasn't quite as bad when we first got started in these things. Um, but we're so hung up on instant gratification as a society. That's why Amazon is so successful because you can have, you can buy something, have it same day or the next day, yeah. you know? Um, and people actually get pissed when their prime shipping gets a delay during the holidays and they have to wait four days for something instead of one, you know, it's me. Uh, it's me. It's, I'm, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just as bad, but like, it's just, I don't even know where I was going with that, actually. I think I just lost my train of thought. Yeah. Haha. <laughs> no, I'm addicted to tracking packages. Like, when it enters the same state, I lose my mind. Like, how's it not here? It's in the same state. It's super frustrating. I, I fucking hate when, it. Like, it's, that's, it's... that's the time we live in, that those are our struggles. So, was there, let me ask you this, because uh, we did, we touched <laughs> on this a little bit when we started. Um, Move, talking about COVID, right? Like basically Ugh. all year twenty, all of twenty twenty, and most of twenty twenty one. Realistically, that COVID phase where it was like a two week honeymoon period for everybody, somewhere in yeah, it was great. somewhere in March, right? Where That's it was fucking wonderful in the military, dude. We're like, oh my god, we don't have to go to PT. This is fucking crazy. And then for safety, everything. Uh, where it was like a two week vacation. Like every like, I got sent home from work. I was still working. There's like, oh, just go work from home and we'll see you guys in two weeks, right? Um, <clears throat> with COVID, and I can tell, talk about mine. Um, there was, what was your moment? Like, when did your perspective on what that what value all of this training and things held? Like, when did that shift for you? Like, for me, it was, I remember it was in, it, it was like in June, um, I think yep. when May or June, 
when I was watching the live feed uh, on Facebook of somebody from the Detroit Free Press who was like down covering the protests in downtown Detroit. I, I do, I've never sat at the computer like so completely focused for so long. Right. Uh, like four hours of watching this coverage of the protests and lines of police officers in riot gear and crowds throwing bricks and bottles and people driving cars around doing donuts and shit. And, um, I want to interrupt this episode to tell you guys all about our friends over at Ben Franklin range guys. You've heard our episodes. You've heard our discussions. You've heard it mentioned on social media. The facility at Ben Franklin is absolutely top notch. They're located out in Templeton, Pennsylvania. And guys, this is a one-stop shop. They have 1,200 acres of land, so whether you want to go practice some overlanding and do some off-roading, or you're looking for a facility to host a CQB class, they have a shoot house. You're looking for a place to host a shooting course, they have not one, but two turf ranges. Maybe you want to stretch out, you want to reach out to distance, they have an absolutely outstanding long distance, actually unknown distance range that is available for rent. You guys can head over to their website at benfranklinrange.com for more information, and you can reach out and contact the team there at BFR via email at info at benfranklinrange.com or give them a call, 412-439-8751. Guys, it's an absolutely outstanding facility. Cannot recommend them enough. Now let's get back to this week's discussion. And Detroit was pretty tame compared to a lot of the other big cities. Detroit was extremely tame. From what I saw from, you know, my my view in Washington. Yeah, we had like one, that one evening, that one singular evening of really, really rambunctious behavior, I'll say. Uh, Or what do they call it? Mostly peaceful protesting. Um, Somebody did get shot. On the live feed, I heard the gunshot. Like, you didn't see it. And people started tearing off and running away and everything. Uh, but that really, and I grew up hearing stories from my dad and my grandparents because my, my dad's uncle. So my grandpa's brother was a Detroit police officer during the riots in the sixties. Uh, um, so hearing those and then seeing what I saw, like immediately I was like, this is weird. This is different. Um, and then little, you know, like micro protests would show up in different cities all over the place. Like people would have like a 200 person march or 25 person demonstration. And like, we had a couple of those, like I was gone. I was like at a party out on a boat somewhere, um, and you know, 45 minutes from home. And they actually came down one of the streets, like a hundred yards from my house. Uh, so seeing yeah. and hearing about that stuff, it's like, okay, not all of them are going to be dangerous, but certainly yeah seeing it is just a realization. What was it like for you? I mean, you were in the military when it all came down. So what was that? Did you, I mean, did that moment happen during COVID for you? Oh yeah. No, we had, so we were locked in the barracks for a few months. Um, I don't really remember the time frame because it all kind of just bled into each other. I think we started going back to work a little bit in like May. Okay. We were supposed to go, we were supposed to get deployed that, that summer to the Pacific. Oh, you were. And it, okay. Yeah. And then COVID and, whatever um ended up not happening but we were like packing out for that during that summer um the big one that stuck with me i don't remember what city it was but it was one of the riots where there was just mobs of people breaking into 
suburban neighborhood houses just yeah. break like throwing stuff through windows break just walking right into people's houses and um that was shocking to see happening in our country and basically real time um and it just reinforced the importance of community and preparedness and f just being the leader of your home. Um, and then uh, <laughs> we had uh, Chop Chaz was 45 minutes from base, you know, and that was that... close by. And then Tacoma didn't really get that uh, spicy from what I remember. Were, were you that. guys or, or any of the military units, like, were you guys dispatched to that at all? Uh, I don't know if the guard was in Washington. I don't think so. We'd have to go and check that. None of the active duty were at all. Okay. That from my view, I don't know if SF was out doing stuff or what. I I don't know, bro. Like I was conventional <laughs> infantry. The the thought that was a really real thought of actually the possibility of like, what if we had to go roll around Tacoma or roll around Seattle in our strikers? Like that was a very real thing that um, would that have been, shit. would that even been like a possibility with posse comitatus and everything? Like, could they, we can't just probably not. No, yeah. you can't just send active duty troops. That's why the guard sort of exists to kind of bend those rules. I'm guessing. So um, great. Cause all the domestic cool. stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that was, that was the talk of the, uh, just the social talk around guys were just so eager to go out and get a, <laughs> a purple heart <laughs> in the states oh, their first going kill um which is uh really ups really upsetting um that guys were that, fantasizing about that mentality like uh the, the, and it, for me like encountering that mentality not just online yeah. um that like that that shit kind of freaks me out and yeah. uh, i don't i don't care for, what the ideology is it's not no it's not about shooting Antifa or like, I don't want to, I don't know what I'm allowed to say on here or not, but like, it's, it's not about Antifa. It's not about the right. It's not January 6th. It's not George Floyd riots. It's, it's American people. And that's sort of the, the, what you, that's what you had to sort of think about um, mm -hmm. in that time frame of like, what are the possibilities? Like, God, I hope that doesn't happen. And I'm so glad it didn't, but like, at the end of the day, I was there for my boys too. At the same time, like I don't want to fight any of these people, but if we were forced into a situation, how would we? How would I act? And whatever, like all of yeah. those things, sort of were flooding, you know, constant thought. And it would have just been a nightmare if the active duty guys would have gotten let loose out on when all that was going on. And obviously, it's smart that they didn't do that because. Well, I remember when I went and bought Lexi's uh, or, or took her and she bought uh, her her the gun she carries now, her Glock 43X, which was like January <laughs> yep. uh, or February of 21. And yep. we went to a local gun shop here because they had one in stock. They, those things were hard to come by. Um, <clears throat> and they had Fox News on and there there was tons of talk. You know, there was talk about the election. There was talk about is the election going to stand, right? Uh, there was talk of uh, civil war, right? That was that 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 yeah. whole conversation was had all over the place. And I go, man, I really hope it doesn't come to that. And I, the, I'll never the guy behind the counter was I I I fucking hope it happens. I go look at him. I go seriously. I wish they would. Yeah. He goes. Then we'll, we'll then we'll go out there and we'll just fucking that. kill them all. And I go, oh, all right. And like, I, like I, we, I couldn't get, I could not get the fuck out of that gun shop fast, yeah. fast enough. Uh, 
and that he's a former service vet and like nothing against anybody who's served obviously, but like there's been a couple of vets I've run into who were like of that mindset and I don't really get it. I don't understand it. The, the desire it's to kill fantasy. your fellow countrymen. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a isolation mixed with fantasizing and then just little dick, big talk kind of thing. Like you're not, I guarantee you I mean, those guys wouldn't do shit. That's and, a, a unless scary, absolutely forced. It's a it's scary realization when you when you figure out like those. I mean, it's not just like internet memes and stuff. Like those people like legitimately exist out there. Um, oh yeah. And what's even worse is, uh, you know, some of them even have large internet followings uh, and, and like openly promote the idea. Uh, they hide behind things like their religious beliefs. Um, and I'm not talking about Muslims, by the way, I want to be very clear about that. Uh, but like actual Christians and Catholics that'll like sit there and go, Oh, uh, this is based as fuck to, to think this way. So you should too. And people, and that's one of the things that like, I really have come to grow into like hating about our community is that for people that are, and it's tough, right. But people that are coming in for the first time don't know what they don't know. And you can start like really listening to and really following and paying attention to some really shitty human beings and not realize it because you just don't know enough about it yet. Yeah. This community. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's shitty. You know, like that was, that was, I even wrote that down. Like that was a big learning moment for me, like in COVID when I launched the pod, uh, and it, like even up through today, I, I like every day I'm learning something new about somebody and uh, that like realization and that moment of growth, or I guess that those combined moments of growth, right. Um, doesn't just happen all at once, but just because people have a large follower account does not mean they're a good person or even that they have the most righteous or just of ideas or ideals uh, at heart. They, there's some real shitty people out there. Um, and you yeah. should be very selective with who you choose to listen to and follow. Now, and I'm not even when I say follow, I don't mean just like click follow on Instagram because we all follow a bunch of dumb shit on the internet. It's the internet. It's what it's there for. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like the guys that you you morally subscribe to, uh, you 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 seek out their information. You follow them in that regard. Yeah. Um, people need to like beware of that shit and just be careful. You're not being like sucked into something that could from a legal standpoint, you know, come back to bite you in the ass down the road. Um, you mean I can't and, leak my military documents on a Discord Minecraft server? You shouldn't. I mean, you can do whatever you want. You're probably <laughs> going to go to fuck you in the ass prison for that. Uh, I mean, there are rules, you know, stupid games, stupid prizes and all that. Poor guy. Uh, what a dumbass. Well, not that poor. I mean, you... <laughs> It's a, dude, be an adult. That's one of the things that, that bugs the shit out of me with this world in general now, too, is that like so the, the level of accountability people have, and it was basically nurtured through COVID. Like people were told all day long that they don't have to be accountable for what they're doing and that the position they're in is somebody else's fault. And that shit drives me nuts. We don't get that a whole, we don't get a ton of that in the gun community, but yeah. it, it's out there in the world. And I, I fucking hate the lack of accountability that people that people have i it just it drives me fucking nuts question yeah um circling back to gear 
a little bit just because I'm curious because I never heard this about your story, but you had M&P Sport 2, um, got a pistol for Lexi during COVID. When did your gear loadout stuff start to shift? Was it during COVID? Was it before COVID that you were like suppressor, laser? Not necessarily like specific, like, oh, I'm going to have a quad rail instead of a locker. Like, I don't really, that stuff doesn't Yeah. really matter in the long run, but like the actual tools of lasers, suppressors, even even a pistol because like i didn't have a pistol until covid mainly because of my age i turned 21 uh at the end of 2019 so like summer 2020 was when i got my glock 19 and i had to do the stupid washington state wait period but at least they were somewhat free and i could actually have regular capacity magazines but Yeah, no, anyways for me, back to you I actually had uh, like a decent bit of gear prior to yeah COVID, like 2017, 2018. Now, it wasn't, it wasn't like great. So I had like, was there armor? I'll get to that because that's Okay. part. <laughs> oh Um, no, you're going to say steel plates, aren't you? yeah, yeah, I definitely am. Uh, so uh, I started, I went out, I got like a Gen 1. condor battle belt in black um with a really crappy Just want to inner look like belt and just want to look like Mike Glover. uh yeah <laughs> i didn't know any better I, I just i didn't know any better and it was cheap it was like 40 bucks uh and like a cheap inner belt for like another 15 so i was like i was all about it and i got some cheap contract pouches and a safari land mid leg uh, or mid ride um and i did buy because again it was affordable but it was it was at least a safari land uh their first run at the seven series and guys that know what i'm talking about those are the ones that were all one piece that were molded and they had the two seams that ran along like the back of the holster that were cracking and breaking whenever you applied pressure to them they, they don't i don't think they make Lovely. it they were they were one of safari land's great mistakes um in development and research but so Just i had like their website. that um I bought like a con like I was really into Condor and Rothko because that's like what I could afford. Uh, Man, and you didn't even live on base. That's all they had at the PX. You didn't even know. <laughs> You're more, you're more military uh, than I am. and then like I soon thereafter I upgraded to uh, STAC mag pouches, which I still have Lovely. those black ones. I still Uh, have, I still use mine from uh, 2020. yeah, they're like STAC makes good stuff. I don't they're not my favorite mag pouch anymore, but they do make good stuff for anybody looking. Um. They shipped like next day for me because I didn't even know, but they're in Washington State. Oh, I didn't know that. I got mine through SKD Tech. Uh, Nice. so I, I kind of had, I had that, you know, and I, I, uh, before that, I had, I bought like the air softer drop leg holster from Condor, like the entirely nylon one. I was that cringy for a second, um, and like cannibalized that to get my first leg strap. Um, and I had a really shitty Condor plate carrier because I saw thirteen hours, so Yes. I was. Like, I was like, yeah, I don't need a cummerbund on the sides. John Krasinski didn't have one. <laughs> um, and I bought some really shitty, like $100 or $200 for <clears throat> the the pair of uh, steel, like level three steel plates that I had from some fucking shitty company off eBay. Um, and Oof. that was that was my kit loadout. I bought some cheap pouches to molly onto the front of the carrier. Uh, and that was... That was what I had, and eventually So that I was I upgraded during to or pre COVID that this you is had all pre like a this kit is pre coded. loadout. Yeah, Okay, it was so you actually had a lot of the bases covered yeah, I think before. right before COVID, I bought a 
Sparrow Slickster and a Spiritus Mark IV in multicam black. And Ugh. I had a uh, Gen 1 T-Rex Arms Orion uh, yep. right before we were getting into uh, getting into, into COVID and everything. Um, that was kind of what I was running with for a hot second there. And I had a, I went out and I got a clock 19. I was not running a good optic yet. It was right before COVID when I uh, got my RMR, but I got the auto adjusting one without buttons, which was a great mistake. Um, yeah, that didn't change until this year. Yeah. Yeah. When I finally got the couple but, opportunities like, to shoot low light and realized it was a piece right. of shit. And that, that's the right answer. That means you actually trained and realized, oh, this needs to change. Instead of just yeah. seeing, oh, he runs one that has buttons on the side. I need that. You actually were training and getting the work in and then realizing, oh, I need to adjust my bright, my dot brighter when I turn on my flashlight because I can't see shit. Yeah. Yep. And I, and so like, the first thing I did when, because we were talking about like our turning point during COVID. Yeah. Uh, when I got that first stimulus check, which like I didn't need the stimulus, but like I'm not going to turn down the money. Like I'm a working class guy, right. so set aside part of it and gave you know money to my wife, or whatever. But then I took less than half of it, and I bought a bump helmet, um, and I bought real plates. I bought real level three plates. I bought some Ace Links that were super lightweight because that was one of the things I kept hearing on line from like Grantham and Lucas was, uh, you know, if you can't afford decent plates, buy a chest rig like Speed and and it, speed is security um so if you're wearing all this heavy gear you're gonna get rid of it so i was like all right I, i'll get like i knew i needed at least like level three obviously um i didn't want soft armor but i got the lightest plates i could find in my price range uh for about 450 bucks um yeah and that was like my my first like real commitment to doing better and spending real money on on gear that was going to do better for me right cool i mean and then i think we got like what three stimulus checks did you guys get those in the military or were you denied yes. them because you were oh you did get them no nope. no we still got them i don't remember what i did with mine i think they probably just went into savings because i was afraid to spend them didn't know if they were going to get taken away or charged later i don't remember oh if they're going to pull them back yeah I, it's so long ago now too so much has happened yeah but i think i ended up doing I didn't really like, Bump helmet. I got my my Viper PST. I bought my first like decent glass with that. Uh, yep. And then also ended up going out and buying the PST and uh, a three to fifteen, which is now on my wife's rifle. But uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's a whole that's other thing. Glass, about, yeah, I mean, spending real money. Like I I remember like my brother when I bought a Vortex uh, Strike Eagle Gen One one to six, and I was like, "Yeah, I'd spent two hundred fifty dollars, and it comes with the mount." And he was like, "Wow, you spent all that money on it?" I was like, "Yeah, I guess. Like, I want nice things." Come to find out, like that is not nice things. That's just yeah, a semi-serviceable LPVO. Like, it's not. It's not bad. Like, I'm not trying to shit on it. You can train with it. You can yeah, train with yeah. it and rock it. But there's, I mean, there's. You can't deny there's a definite difference in quality and especially visual quality and clarity between just about anything higher than that. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna spend the money on it, uh, I, I that's definitely my recommendation. Like the Viper P PST one to six is the one I got. It's what you run, and it's what I recommend when people ask me about getting into a scope. If they go, that's way too much, and I need something. Right there's now. newer stuff. 
There's newer stuff yeah. now, especially, you know, guys talk about primary arms, but it's one of those things, mm -hmm. like I described the RMR, is since it's been out, it's sustained a good reputation um, in yeah. the little niche that it fills. We could talk about what, like, recommendations for guys all day long, but, like, it really depends on what you're trying to do. I think if you don't want all the bells and whistles and you don't necessarily plan on shooting under nods passively, I think an LPVO is fantastic. You don't even need backup irons. Like, just put an LPVO on a free float budget upper and uh, you yeah, can definitely if, get work and training out of that and it does yeah, pretty if much you're all, trying to build things if you're trying to build one rifle to be as maximally effective as possible i think an lpvo is the way to go especially if you're not doing a pistol now that those are legal again uh or sbring right if you if you're stuck with a 16 or maybe even an 18 inch it makes all yeah. the sense in the world to go with an LPVO and then you can always offset or piggyback a red dot. There's a ton of options out there for that. Yeah. And you can do that later on down the line. You can just swap out a mount or add on an offset mount or whatever you want to yeah. do. Um, I personally, if I would do it all over again, I still like the red dot magnifier combo. I'm starting to love that even more now that I've got a Neotech and a Neotech magnifier. Yeah. They just love it. And I just, for general use, I love a red dot. So that's what I still re recommend to people and it's cheaper it can be cheaper if you're talking about high-end LPVOs, especially because you can just use a red dot and then eventually get a magnifier. But what what about regardless like, of what you get, just train, boys. Just go train, dude. You have to. And that was like I was going to ask you, like, what was? Do you have any like long-term like lessons or perspective changes like that that kind of spanned from the beginning to till now? buy the quality shit first because I yeah. spent my I spent years dancing around how can I spare how can I save a little bit of coin sorry my mic keeps getting weird um where can I cut corners you know and Dude, uh, eventually exactly. I've sort of arrived now just recently I pretty much where I've got everything that I wanted 3 years ago and it took me reselling things or just biting the bullet and not being able to sell things. Cause if I didn't buy something quality, I don't want to sell it to a buddy in our group. Why would yeah. I want to, it was not, it's not benefiting the group for me to sell some crappy optic or an Olight just to get money out well, of these guys. That's, that's shitty. And, and just so. coming to terms with the fact, like it's a fact, it's not, it's not an opinion. It's not debatable. It's a fact. Growth is going to be slow. Growth's going to be painful. Yeah. Um, and that, if, that it, if it means you're getting something budget so that you can train and eventually get something nicer and turn around and sell it, obviously I, I would go that route instead of waiting yeah. six months and not That's getting an any investment. training. Yeah, it's like dual tubes. If you say a guy that only wants to get dual tubes, if he's going to jump into night vision, he wants to go big and not go any less than that. You can get a PVS 14 that's not really going to lose any value and train for a year while you save and actually jump into dual tubes basically good to go competent night vision user if you have enough hours under a tube um yeah, and it's not even I mean? it's not even gear i mean like there's so many people that that and we know uh, a couple that you know in common it training your 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 capability and ability will it will come with time and with work and with dedication you know you're not just going to step out on the flat range and after two sessions you know you'd be blazing through build drills and whatnot and people don't want again it goes back to the whole societal thing that instant gratification that we've kind of worked ourselves into we as 
Americans are really, really bad at dedicating ourselves to a craft or to a skill set. I mean, it can, it can be anything, right? It doesn't have to be shooting. Uh, but less people want to devote the time to becoming really proficient uh, and capable. You know, I like I did probably the first three years that I was shooting. I, dude, I was I was fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> I I was I, I was absolutely fucking terrible. Now, part of it is my first gun I ever bought was an M&P shield, which I mean, you know me. Uh, apparently people when they meet me in, in real life uh everyone's first thing is like wow you're a lot bigger than i thought you'd be um you're a tall motherfucker but yeah like i have huge hands and an mnp shield was not the right gun for me to learn on i remember that part in shrek when he puts his hand over fiona's face to shut her up and his like entire that's austin's hands yeah <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I, I fucking that, that, dude. That was my carry gun, and I hated shooting it, and I was bad at shooting it. And I was out there like walking around, like you know, I'm carrying this fucking gun. Uh, so I, I, I got a full size M and P, probably I don't know, short like maybe less than a year after I bought the shield, but like I got a full size gun and I shot that better. So that's what I wanted to shoot all the time, but it wasn't what I was carrying. And you know, uh, it's just it's one of those things like you can get better faster if you're willing to put in the time and, and the money, right. Cause training classes cost money. Um, or if you have some friends that are like there to help you, but that's not always a guaranteed. Like some of the guys that have stepped into our group have gotten a lot better because of, and this isn't me like, you know, stroking myself off here or anything or talking about Josh being a great teacher, but like we have trained together. We have had structured practice and and things like that and we've seen guys in our group get better at different different things we've seen each other get better and we've and we've gotten better yeah i was just gonna say yeah uh i didn't have that like i had a couple buddies like one was in law enforcement who only wanted to teach me his way you know that he learned at his academy which isn't necessarily wrong but it wasn't what i was trying to do you know the the whole bent elbow upright shooting like what i saw lucas doing and explaining um, versus like the isosceles stance with your elbows locked and your your neck turtled down and everything, which is great yep. for marksmanship shooting, but not great for practical shooting. Um, and then I had a buddy in the Air Force who was great at helping me, who but he just wasn't accessible. You know, he had work and kids and other shit going on. So, yeah, man, it was like it, I I stuck with it, um, but there was definitely times where I was like. Eh you know, it's okay. Like I'm going to be shoot. I, I subscribe to that shitty mindset and methodology that gets put out there. Like, Oh, well, most, uh, encounters take place within 12 feet or less. So I would set the target at 15 feet. And as long as so I was shooting- zero, my gun at 10 yards. Yeah. That yep, used to as long as I was okay, not even good, but as long as I was okay at, you know, at that disc, that, that really, really shitty short distance, yep. I was like, I'm doing okay. And I wasn't. And then we see the origins of the Dickens drill coming about because this badass motherfucker put some piece of shit dude down across a mall cafeteria at 40 yep. yards. And guys are like, oh shit, I can't just train a sub second draw at five yards. Or like, obviously, build drills and fast draws are great. Um, but like, you, you see that shift um, that New York, was it the Buffalo, the shooting that happened in Buffalo this year? where that dude started in the parking lot um, and got in and massacred that whole store. Basically, once he got inside the supermarket, like it takes one trained dude to just be out in the parking lot at 40 yards or whatever. Um, 
uh, the, we would have never heard about it on the news. Well, and that you know that I mean? that also brings in the whole point on like physical fitness. And if you're in the parking lot and you watch, because that video of that shooter, that asshole, got leaked. Like his body cam oh, yeah. that he had, like a GoPro on. So that unf- I made it like 20 seconds into that video. I had to shut it off. I I can't. Yep. I can't. <clears throat> yep. Watch that shit. Uh, he was training. Yeah, he definitely. You could tell he he practiced. That's, if, he that's, if that's not the motivator you guys get from this episode, is that guy was training to do that horrible act, and was you could have been the guy successful. on the other side of the parking lot that watched him pull up in his Crown Vic and get out and start doing what he was doing. You could have been the guy to sprint the sixty yards over to him, and draw your Hellcat or your P three sixty five or whatever your your fucking your grandpa's revolver that you're carrying, and like put that guy down. And it's completely legal and you're completely justified. Uh, it's something I know we, uh, most of us, I hope all of us never want to ever, ever have to deal with, but like realistically physical fitness, being able to, to, to do that, like sprint that 60 yards. That's something a lot of guys can't do. And I'm just saying the guys that are overweight and fat, there's a lot of like skinny guys that have absolutely no cardio ability whatsoever, or, that's that's to say nothing of your ability to fight somebody, wrestle with somebody, having any kind of body strength, or if your buddy gets shot and or your wife, God forbid, right? You're out in public and that you're in one of those incidences and your responsibility as an armed civilian is not to go take the guy out. It's to get you and yours out safely. You have somebody in your family who's now ambulatory. Can you drag them out? Can you carry them out? Render aid. Yeah, I mean, for me, in the last two years, basically since they reopened the gyms here, because I guess people in other states didn't know this, but in Michigan, they shut down fucking everything here, including gyms. And when they reopened them, you had to work out in a mask. But that's one of the things I've really, whether people want to believe me or not, that I've really put a lot of time into personally is trying to eat better, but trying to build muscle and build cardio and build personal capability so that if that shit ever happened... I'd be able to pick up my wife and carry her, you know, 200, 300 yards. I'd be able to pick somebody or or at the very least, you know, drag somebody. Like if you were with me and we were out doing shit and something happened, I'd be able to to carry you or drag you. And since we train in full kit, add on however many pounds of kit and be able to account for that as well. Fitness is a huge thing. And I think it's, it's becoming... You know, I know you you hit the gym on a regular basis as well. Um, it's finally becoming something that people You're are. the big reason for that. I hope you oh, know. Really? Oh, shit, really? <laughs> Motivate the shit out of me. Dude, I got out of active duty and with my first kid and working a full-time job for the first time in my life. And I mean, I gained 40 pounds in like two months. Dude, don't take shit long. Was bad. Man. It did it's... not take long, especially when my metabolism was so used to like military is very high frequency, like burn 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 and as soon as you stop that even going on leave for a month if you slack off like you see the the difference um and it's something i'm continuing to work on and get better at i don't know if i'll ever be where i was in my prime but you can definitely always get better and uh that's one of my big big goals and you should want the otg class i want to look like a stud next may so six six you'll always be a stud to me buddy yeah, yeah, and I have another kid <laughs> about to pop, so that's probably that's gonna be a fun one. Well, I mean, and if nothing else, for your own your own actual health, like having 
a healthy body is a big, big thing. It's better for everybody in your family too, because your mental state completely different in bed and you benefit the lack of stress and your day to day at work. You're not coming home all fucking pissy. Well, and none of this wife shit... when she hasn't even done anything wrong. Yeah. Oh, I remember, I think it was Mike Glover. I think it was a Fieldcraft podcast episode I, I heard and I was at the gym one day and they were they were talking about fitness or maybe it was like the Grand Thumb video where he, the first time he said, if you're not fucking fit, you will die. Uh, and, and like I, I think I posted about it when it happened too because uh, I was like, like, I didn't want to hear it at first. I was like, oh, that's a yeah. shitty thing to say. But you kind of you have to be honest with yourself. You just have to look at it and go, yeah, I'm not, I'm not where I need to be. And I remember like at that point in time, dude, like I was struggling to like bench press like 80 pounds. I was struggling to, to curl more than 70 pounds. Like, uh, well, and that was on the curl machine too. So, I mean, realistically, that's probably like half of that or close to half of that. So, um, You know, which now I'm way past that shit. Uh, you just be, you have to be honest with yourself. Like, all right, I, I've been fucking up. Like, no amount of, like, bitching, moaning, crying is going to fix the fact that I haven't been healthy and doing what I need to do. But I can start doing better. You know, I can stop eating like shit. I can go to the gym on a regular basis. I can be more targeted with how I work out. Um Little things, they go a long way, just like, you know, yep. uh, dry fire practice and thing. And that's the crazy shit, too, is guys want to talk about like, oh, uh, you know, I work uh, I work on on speed reloads. And I can do this. And I can draw on this speed. And it's like, cool, man. You know, or even guys that just drop money on gear, right? Because we were talking about a ton of gear and suppressors and lasers and shit. And we got a buddy who's like building out a rifle and dropping like real stacks like on a pec 15 and, and all this. And you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. And I get to and, play with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, but realistically, none of that gear helps if you can't move in it, if you can't move in it for long periods of time. And if you can't carry out any of those skill sets, remember the first time we had to go to Steve's range. <laughs> oh, going snow? down that hill. Yeah. In the snow. My fat ass was like, Oh my God going up was worse because we're all slipping and sliding it felt like you had to go up it twice just to make it up the first time and then the difference of that the last time we were there we're three hours under nods moving together not really slowing each other down nobody's complaining granted the bugs weren't bad but well that's just something you got to deal with i mean the (laughs) yeah bugs are bugs are, are a realistic hazard to most environments um yeah, I he's kind of like out of sight. And that's that's one thing I've I think I've gotten a lot better at personally, uh introspectively is just like the the suck like embracing the suck factor. Um because a lot of the stuff that we've done a couple years ago, I would never have been about like, oh, let's go put on heavy backpacks and go rucking and go like just walking around to work on communications and formation stuff. And I would have been like, fuck you, miss me with that. I, I'm never gonna need that. Uh, I was just very like determined to never learn that. <laughs> but you showed up. I did. A lot of a lot of guys don't even make it that far. But they'll just say, "Nope." Even though you're on the fence, you showed up. Well, and that's part of the value of finding a group. You know, like because, like I said earlier, like some like I, you know, everyone has like their own dedicated areas of interest, and the good guys will be 
at least, you know, for the most part, pretty well-rounded and at least understand the value of all those things. Um, you know, like you really like hanging out in the woods. I gave you so much shit for signing up for Blake's class at HTA. I think I grew up basically in the woods. I mean, that was my childhood was just my brother and I gearing up and running around for the entire day. Um, and I was a weird homeschooler. So like I would get off at like just after lunch from school and then go play in the woods. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, it get I, I feel sort of in tune with my childhood when we're out there doing stuff just cause there's no rules and we're doing what we love. So, um, and, and the military almost spoiled that for me cause it, the, the suck is, uh, not even close to what we've, uh, experienced just as our group yet. Like it, it can get stupid and it can always get worse. Um, and I want to still make it, it's good to go through that from time to time, but you have to still yeah. make an environment where you can learn. So we're still at the learning stage. I'm not trying to just like put people yeah. through physical pain for no, the sake I mean, of breaking them off and making them, you know that's, what I mean? That's like where your passion lies, you know, yeah. it's not my favorite thing to do, but I'm starting to enjoy it more as we're doing it. And yep. then for other guys in the group, like me, like you can toss in all the fucking dumb jokes people want to say about learning CQB, but I really like that stuff. I loved the opportunity to go through the Orion class. I loved being able to hang out and, you know, and, and work on that stuff as a group. And hopefully soon we'll have people joining us that like are really into radios and we'll actually get to practice those things and, and learn past, you know, press button here, talk here, radio, make yep. magic, you know, uh, it, it, that's the thing. Like that's the value in finding a good group. And that, that I was, I was looking for almost from like immediately day one, uh, trying to find more people to hang out with, but I did have to learn the hard way that a it's, it's, it's not easy to find a good group of people, but also not everybody who owns a gun is that is this into it. Uh, you you'll know, never I mean, find a copy of yourself. Some guys have and like good for them, but I, I think it's healthy that you're not just your group isn't a bunch of you you're still bouncing off ideas you'll st- you're still learning everybody's got their walks of life and the jobs they do yeah um then that's that should be embraced you're if you're looking for somebody that's just like you you're probably not going to find it if you do that's awesome but you shouldn't just stay there either you should always focus on bringing more people in um that's just my two cents no i yeah i, I you should look for people like and I even said like in our in, in the intro when I was recording uh, before we sat down, like you and I disagree on a lot of stuff. Uh, and yeah. it's actually one of the things that I enjoy uh, about our conversations and, and training together is I think that that's, I mean, that's like how you grow is, and it's not necessarily always to convince the other person that you're more right, but hearing a different perspective is in, in, it's, incredibly valuable it's the way that you're going to learn like hey i think a 193 mount is better well you know or hey i think this way of clearing a room makes more sense and you have those discussions and as long as both sides anyway are well informed or relatively well informed on it and you can hear the reasons why maybe you do change your mind maybe you do have that perspective shift and that's like a moment where you grow even if you just get some more information, it doesn't change your mind, but you at least have more understanding of why people do what they do on the other side of, of that point, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's healthy to have those people there that, that 
disagree with you or have different opinions. Now, I mean, if it gets to the point of being toxic and shitty, then you went too far and <laughs> time to back it up, which yeah. we've experienced as well. <clears throat> yeah, there's a difference between bouncing off and learning from each other than just bickering and then being passive aggressive and then not resolving and just letting it slide. And then that's going to eventually build up and build up and build up. Um, yeah, that, that the, uh, the group, if the group is constantly progressing, you're probably doing the right thing. Regardless yeah, if, it's, uh, if it's your idea dynamics, or not. Group dynamics were a big learning point. I think for us this year, um, as we kind of, well, cause we, it, it feels like we've been training together longer than a year, but it hasn't even been. It really does. I mean, we've con we've consistently just about been able to train as a group once a month, which is really cool. It's. Um, I didn't think it was ever going to happen. Like I, I didn't think no. it was going to be something that I ever got to that point. Because um, realistically, really cool. I mean, once a quarter, you know, we could, we probably have progressed four times as fast as we normally would have if you know once a quarter. Yeah, like I mean, I like the, the the once a month schedule tends to work, and yeah. hopefully we can keep that up. I know it's probably gonna we're probably gonna skip December for a couple different reasons. You're basically, in the National Guard. Oh yeah, whoopee. <laughs> I mean, no no digs on on the guard guys out there, but uh, yeah, no thank you. Um, it's a different it's a different thing. I'm still yeah, I'm still learning. Animal. It's very different from active duty, but I've You're met some not, really good guys there. Crack platoon of weekend warriors over there. Yeah, I still haven't yeah. even met the whole unit though because they were deployed when I uh, got here. So, gonna oh, meet right. the rest of them early next year and then actually see what the guard is like with a semi regular training schedule next year. Oh, that's cool. So, I haven't gotten to train with these guys yet, besides some dry runs of CQV and a rifle range, like a qualification yep. range, which isn't training. That's just gauging your skill. So post COVID now. <clears throat> yeah. and on. really i, I mean, mean we kind of just talked about it for the last half hour <laughs> sort of yeah, where we're at. you know i mean it's it's kind of an amalgamation of the of everything from pre and pre-covid and during covid but you know you, not that we've gotten we've not attained you know our you'll pinnacle. never arrive well and that's the thing uh that's the cool part too is like once you get to that point you start finding more things like stuff that you would never have thought to to pick apart details uh, yeah. even whether it's with your gear your performance or skills like you know you, there's just there's always something else to learn or relearn or readdress and um yeah. and that's kind of the big that's the biggest thing is, is just knowing that it never stops yeah. and whether good or bad whether that mean and that means you can take it at your own pace you'll always have something else to learn you'll always have something else to work on um, and that's what, that's why I think a lot of people look at this as in the words, you know, calling it a hobby, uh, rather than a lifestyle, but I think it can be both. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been weird. You know, I think things would be drastically different. Maybe this is one of the positives to have come out of COVID. Uh, but I don't know in a weird way. I think that I, some of us, we have COVID to thank, but uh, like I don't have any regrets. There's, I mean, I made some poor purchases early on. I'm not going to deny that, but uh, I think everybody goes through that phase. So um, we, we've gotten a taste now for training in a group, meeting guys, the dance of vetting the guys you meet, 
and seeing guys that stick and building relationship. And it, it gets me excited for the possibility of growing, going out to HTA range day gave us, I think a really big boost in our, um, camaraderie is such a cheesy word but just our relationship as guys and as friends um Yeah. and it, it just taking classes i think is uh i think a really big boost in our um camaraderie is such a cheesy word but just our relationship as guys and as friends um and it it just taking classes with guys and as friends i think is uh something that we've gotten a taste for that i want more of and just instead of i don't
but we'll we'll uh we'll kind of wrap it there and we'll be doing more of this uh definitely as we get through the winter so hope you guys have uh enjoyed this and like i said more to come so i hope you guys dug the discussion uh we're going to be moving at least temporarily to this kind of a format when josh and i are able to sit down and and do episodes with everything that's going on uh with the holidays and things it's just a little more convenient and uh, for those of you guys that don't know he and his wife are welcoming another child very very shortly so he is you know just very very busy and this is just more convenient so it's a little bit different but still the same good discussion that we we have when we're able to sit down together in person and I look forward to doing more of this. If, if anything, hopefully it means that we get to connect more frequently and, and hit on more subjects. And I hope you guys appreciate everything that we were able to share there and got, got something out of it. Or at the very least, maybe we're able to connect, uh, r- relate, right? Because I, I know the last few years have been difficult for a lot of us. They've been rewarding in many ways. I certainly consider myself lucky with everything that's happened with this podcast, which was born out of everything that happened starting in 2020 uh but you know uh hearing other i always enjoy hearing everybody else's story like how did i get started what was my first you know gun what was my first piece of gear what where did my gear start out and it's so funny to see how far uh, and i even forgot about some of that stuff like my first belt setup it was so cringy and everything was rothko and, and condor you know uh to where i am today where i i run nicer stuff uh, you know, better stuff and uh, invest money in better kit and better capabilities and things like that. So, um, you know, you, I'm, I look forward to hearing some of your guys' stories. I would love to have you guys send me some messages or shoot me some emails and or reach out over Patreon, you know, and let us know, like, hey, here's like my then and now. I would love to, if I actually had pictures, as ashamed as I would be, I would love to do like a then and now post of my kit and my gear from what I had when I was not uh, able to put big money into my kit to today when I'm, when I am able to invest money, obviously into things like better plate carriers and night vision and better helmets and suppressors, lasers, uh, more ammo, better uh, optics and things like that. It's uh, being able to look back and have that perspective. You know, that's why we, that's why we wanted to talk about this. Josh and I got together like weeks ago and picked that specific topic for this discussion because it's something that especially like you know we said in the intro especially this time of year as we reflect as we talk about what we're thankful for and we we think back on the the previous year right but also looking back even further than that is is good reflection is good i think it's it helps to stimulate growth and reinforce positive habits uh not dwelling on the past obviously but being reflective and and seeing where you can grow and what you've come from i mean it's it's a good feeling for the most part when you see where you've come from where you are now um and if it's a bad feeling then you know you it's time to do something a little bit differently maybe this is the wake up call and certainly if that's the case for you then by all means hopefully this was a wake up call for you and you're able to take those positive steps in the right directions to move forward and things um, so I hope you guys enjoyed the discussion. I hope you got something out of it. That's what we really shoot for here, especially when I get sound and, and talk with Josh. Uh, I know we really love doing the guest interview episodes, but I really like being able to have, you know, just some really good discussions or 
just being able to share my thoughts with you guys. So more of that's going to come, uh, especially over the next, you know, probably month or two here as we really get through the holidays. But we do have some pretty awesome guest stuff lined up. So stay tuned. Uh, check out the Patreon if you guys haven't already. It's always cool when I get the little notification like, hey, you have a new patron. I get to reach out and greet them and, and all those good things and hopefully have some more good stuff coming this holiday season for all the Patreon patrons. So until next time, everybody. Be safe, happy holidays, and like we always say here, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared. 